0: And welcome to Rose Ed, the definitive soccer podcast. Me, Joe Forrester and Hannah and of course, producer Mike with us. The Azuri play poorly but still squeak through while a checkmate leaves the Dutch down in the dumps and the Danes rain down the pain. Yes, that's right. It has been an action-packed start to the knockout stages of the groups. Hannah, remember when I said we'll record on Monday night and don't worry because Croatia, Spain will be rubbish.
1: Yeah, you said nothing's going to really happen.
0: That was good, wasn't
2: it?
1: It'll be boring, is what you said. Yeah,
2: yeah. Game of the tournament by far. Brilliant. So um, yeah, Spain, Spain were cruising at three-one. Croatia came back to three-three, and went to <laughs> extra time. And yeah, and they just Alvaro Morata decided to become a proper striker and uh, put and put one away. And it was an unbelievable game.
1: So an eight-goal thriller, and uh, and you said that'd be boring, Joe.
2: Good. Nice. So nice fine. Thing. Right, right. Well,
0: Spain are through. So that's
1: that.
0: Well, Why we're different. Most football podcasts will analyse that game and we're not going to. Because we didn't see it. We're not like that. We're not like that. So (laughs) it's not how we roll. Let's talk about the less interesting games that came earlier. And of course, we are going to preview England, uh, which is on tonight as you're listening. You'll be listening on a Tuesday, hopefully. So England are facing Germany or you're listening on Wednesday and we sound like idiots because England are already out. <laughs> right, uh, let's start with Denmark. So, yeah. Denmark battered Wales 4 0. I'm delighted. I thought Denmark were fabulous. Um, Hannah, can they win it?
1: I, I genuinely think that they have got potential. I think with everything that happened with Christy and Ericsson, it's kind of given them such a drive, so much passion. Um, and, and they're kind of really pulling together um, as a team. And it, it's, it's quite beautiful to watch. Like Velvet, Joe. Oh, oh! you loved that, didn't velvet.
0: you? Oh. Light
1: velvet, yeah. They could like, be the dark horses of the competition as well. Oh, I'm here saying.
0: we go. They're dark horses <laughs> again, are <they? laughs> <laughs> this, this tournament has been entirely dark horses. It is. Everyone's a dark horse in this competition. I said Italy were dark horses. They're not. They're among the favourites. Um, <laughs> Mike, so Denmark, obviously, there's the stuff with Christian Eriksson and, and that's kind of brought them, I suppose, the attention of the world. There's been a lot of talk in the Danish press about how there was a lot of unity among this team anyway. And also they just got quite a lot of good players, haven't they? We we maybe shouldn't be surprised they're going well.
2: Yeah, I think in this country we've got a bit of an English bias and if we don't watch players week in week out, we suddenly think, oh, yeah, they're probably not that good, you know, it's just Denmark, just a just a Scandinavian country who are, you know, decent and I think everyone sort of underrated them a bit. But like technically they've got some great players um dams i thought who plays for um plays in championship was great um dolberg was great as well not a natural striker but um you know did really well there um and they've got a tactically astute manager as well which obviously helps at this level you don't get it much um with you know PE teachers um taking the form of managers sometimes in the euros won't name names we've discussed one here before um, but yeah, so, and what, it's what he did, now, he just, yeah. he just set no, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not talking about the third sexiest manager at the Euros at all. Uh, but, but yeah, he, he, he set them up well and, um, Wales actually started quite well. Um, but what he did, he shifted, Chris, um, sorry, Andreas Christensen, who's naturally a centre back into midfield, sort of man Mark and Ramsey. And it was a bit of a tactical masterstroke and yeah, they just absolutely blew them away and they were fantastic.
0: He kind of played Christensen in front of the back four, didn't he? Is kind of, what would you yeah. call it? Maybe, I suppose it's, 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 quite, it's quite in a sort of 90s Italian position, maybe where Franco Baresi might have played. I've not seen him play there before, but that really did change the game. Um, Denmark winning 4-0 in the end. At the end of the match, Hannah, Gareth Bale was asked in a BBC interview, will he retire after this tournament? Yeah. And he walked out. Uh, I understand he did <laughs> give a more fulsome answer to Welsh <laughs> television channel S4C. So there you go.
2: <laughs> sure, lots of people are watching that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just got battered 4-0 and there was a lot of expectation, the team's built around him, you know, he's like such a, a, an amazing player, I think you probably would just walk out of uh, of uh, somebody asking you a question like that. He'd be devastated. He's a professional, you know, he's... he's a, I think that's
0: Can okay. I say, as the interviewer, though, you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing because there's absolutely no way, as the interviewer, you want to ask a man who's really upset an awkward question. He's not going to want to answer. But you've got your producer in your ear going, "Ask him if he's retiring." Ask him if he's retiring. <laughs> I once had to go and do a a junket interview with Danny Boyle, the director of Slumdog Millionaire and Spotting and stuff. And it was the first junket interview I'd ever done. So that's where you basically go sit in a posh hotel room with a director and actor or whatever and. For five minutes, go oh, and left the movie. What was like working? Um, and you taught made... like that
1: as well. <laughs> yes, is exactly. that, is that, that's how professional you are.
0: We got fired from that
1: job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was my first ever job. And I can tell you I was working for. I was working for. At the time, and it was a vile place to work. It's oh, horrible, evil, blood-sucking place to work where they just wanted to prey on the worst elements of humanity. Hi guys, I'm still available if you do want to. <laughs> <laughs> but I was told by the producer ask Danny Boyle about his sex life because he's been sleeping with Rosario Dawson, who was the star of the film. I was there to interview him about, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh my Isn't- god doesn't feel that appropriate. And they said, either ask him about sleeping with Rosario or don't bother coming back. Wow. So that's what, was, that's what I was told. That's um,
1: showbiz, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That awful. I, it was my first television gig. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> so I I said to him in the interview, oh, Danny, um, obviously... Uh, you love working with lots of different actors, but some more than others, because I understand <laughs> Rosario has been getting very close. I don't want to ask him about that. He directed Train Spotting, which I love. Uh. Like, I, don't, I don't want to ask. I don't care who he's sleeping with. I honestly don't care. And it was awful because he went, oh, well, obviously you develop close relationships with actors. And I don't know what that's got to. And justifiably, he was angry because it's got yeah. nothing yeah. to do with the film. And I went back and they like, oh, it's great. We can use that as a clip. and and that's when I realised I'd sold my soul to the devil. So, <laughs> Anna, have you ever had any bad interview experiences?
1: Do you know what? That's your. That was your first job. Your first presenting job. Yeah. yeah?
0: That was my first job on TV,
1: yeah. One of my, actually my first presenting job live on TV, I I got a job on a shopping channel and it wasn't classy and the stuff we sold wasn't particularly nice. And um, it was the first, you know, presenters need talkback experience. So you need to have an earpiece where you can hear the whole gallery, the production team, they direct you. You've got loads of cameras in the studio. And it it was really overwhelming the first time because there's like eight people talking in my ear telling me to sell this disgusting handbag. And um, then the presenter said, oh, you know, we've got Hannah East. She's a new presenter. How are you feeling, Hannah? And all I could hear was somebody saying, here, I'll do it myself. And somebody going, loving it. Nice one. And I looked at him live on TV for the first thing I ever said. How are you feeling, Hannah? And I looked at him and said, you know what, John, I'm absolutely Loving myself today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it so, and then at the Christmas party, I won an award for the, the worst opening segment for your first ever <laughs> <laughs> presenting job. Um, yeah, I won a fruit hamper.
0: It's weird that we, we don't get hired anymore, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, so strange. Mike, do you think Gareth Bale is going to be the first footballer to retire from club football but remain an international footballer? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it could happen i mean i think he's a, he could easily become a professional golfer joe to be honest the he amount of time it. he's the the amount of time he's put into it he he must be like reaching similar levels to golf as he is football now because he's he's not a great footballer anymore is is he like he has flashes you know bits here and there but but really he he must be a decent
0: how does I mean, the, how do you disagree
1: yeah i mean how can he, i i think he's a brilliant football player i mean he's only, what he's what 31 Wales all-time sort of leading goal scorer. I think he's yeah, brilliant. I think... Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, two, you two just hate Gareth Bale. You hate Wales. You've got an issue with him. The third that's is, what like it is Robert
2: Earnshaw, so it's not much like competition, is it?
1: I like yeah. Gareth Bale. I think he's a nice person. <laughs> and he's good at football. That's what counts. I think he's good.
0: He's good at... Do you know what? It doesn't matter if he's a nice person. He's good at football. And that's, that's what
1: counts. That's all that counts.
0: <laughs> Czech Republic are also through. So Denmark are going to play the Czech Republic, uh, beating Holland 2-0, the Netherlands, I should say, 2-0. After Matthias Delikt was sent off, he's been out in the press today saying, I'm to blame. Mike, is he to blame? I just thought the Czechs were better organised.
2: Yeah, he's sort of to blame. I mean, the game sort of swung on on that incident, didn't it? But also as well, up the other end, Donny Marlin and Mr Sitter. Um, yeah. and, and that that could have changed things as well. So... Daniel mellon has got a bit of an easy ride there. You're, like your mate's just come out and said, it's all my fault. When actually, if you would have scored, that wouldn't have happened. So yeah, you know, it's it's one of them things where he was, it was an awful mistake. I mean, he's handled the ball. I'm not really sure what he's trying to do. Like you must, you must be, have been in that situation a few times. You you either just let him go or you try and take him out with a air of your body. That's actual legal. So yeah, I'm not really sure what he was doing, but I thought in general, that the, the Dutch were pretty poor Joe and I think they flat to the sea even in the group stages and they've been found out rightly so. But yeah, the Czechs are not that fantastic because you know, even England beat them. So I just, as you said, well-organized but not, not much there really.
1: I was watching uh, the game with one of my friends, Jenny, and she doesn't really know what football is at all. And she sat there with a, a glass, extra-large glass of rosé filing her nails and we were like, oh, handball, handball. And she's like, what does that mean? What does handball mean? So I was like, well, law 12 of the uh, FA, it's an offence if a player deliberately touches a ball with a hand or their arm, for example, moving the hand or their arm towards the ball and touching it. And she was like, that's so weird, isn't it? Because I thought football was played with your feet and that i didn't realize you play with your hands i was like oh jenny no jenny
0: is jenny is jenny a real person or is this one of your characters
1: (laughs) 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 pretend friend no jenny jenny genuinely doesn't she's not interested in football at all but she she couldn't understand why he was told off because he touched the ball with his hand she didn't understand.
0: Because in my head, you're, you're going, well, actually, I think you're fine, Jenny. It's like, oh, no, but Hannah. No, Jenny, just one minute. And it's just you sitting on the sofa. You know, like in kind of one of those films where somebody's having a breakdown and it kind of cuts back and forth between them talking to themselves.
1: You just created this terrible, psychotic character for <laughs> <laughs> me, haven't you? No, this, Jen, Jenny is a real person. She's not a pretend friend. She's real, but she just doesn't understand football. She thinks you use your hands and your feet. Does
0: Jenny listen to the pod? No, she does. she doesn't. Oh,
1: so but maybe maybe if I tell her she gets a shout out when I'm actually mocking her for drinking wine and filing <laughs> the nails, she might
0: listen. Oh, I like the sound of Jenny and Jenny. If you are listening, hello. Here's your shout out. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, so the checks are through. I'm not sure how far they can go. Patrick Schick, top goalscorer at the moment uh, with four goals. I'm keen to talk about Italy though, Mike, because we have been singing their praises. And you put in our WhatsApp group this week that perhaps we should rein back our enthusiasm.
2: Yeah, they were poor, to say the least. I think Austria definitely deserved to win. Um, I thought they were quite unlucky with that VAR call, Joe, don't you, for, for Arnautovic's Arneltowicz. goal? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought he was he was level, but obviously they, they got the lines out and, and they judged him to be slightly off. I don't know. I'll, I'll never quite understand how, how that works. Um, Because like still images, you know, at what point does does the ball leave the head from the flick on? Like, is it when it's touching it? Is it when it's released? It's just so so close. I just think in that scenario, if it is that close, you just give it the advantage. But obviously, you know, let's not make it a VAR chat. But yeah, Austria, I thought were full value. Italy, I think just they just look really leggy and just really vulnerable at the back. I thought with without Chiellini. Um, they lost their their sort of talisman in in defence. And even though they got away with it in a previous game, they just, they they, they suffered. And yeah, I thought they were quite lucky to get through. But, you know, it's it's tournament football. As as long as you get through, that's what matters already. But they're going to have a tough game now, aren't they, against Belgium?
0: Well, Hannah, one of the things I noticed, as as Mike says, they looked leggy. I did think they looked tired. And they had to play 120 minutes, obviously, Mm -hmm. which isn't going to help. I thought Austria gave them a very good run for their money. Ultimately, they needed Federico Chiesa to come on. He's got a brilliant goal, by the way. I think he's looked absolutely fantastic. But the fact that Italy have had to play that 120 minutes, is that going to stand them in poor stead moving forwards? Because obviously every little marginal gain in tournament football is key. And if you have had to play a little bit of extra football, bringing that tiredness into the next game, are Belgium going to exploit that, do you think?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I I think it is. Um, And just going off the back of um, the we've mentioned before, haven't we, about passion and and drive, but I think in a tournament like this, there's so much pressure on the players and there's so much expectation. And I think it comes down to how you you gel as a team, but it definitely comes down to how, as an individual player, you can handle that pressure. Um, And that's why we get so many surprises, because there's just some players that can't handle it at all.
0: Well, I thought that kind of about various people in the Italy team that I thought kind of looked a lot poorer than they have done up until this point. Insignia, for example, Verratti, didn't feel like they could get their foot on the ball. I thought Austria were unlucky. I thought they had good chances. Like Mike says with the Marco Arnautovic thing, I'm interested in talking about this because Charlie has messaged in and he said he thinks VAR has been handled better in this tournament than it is in the Premier League. I would be inclined to agree purely on the basis that the delays don't seem to be quite as long
1: yeah and we're um, not getting an extra like six or seven or eight minutes at the end of a, a game are we which kind of makes it more exciting because you you always have that cut off point obviously don't you where you the match finishes and we saw you know with the the Port, Belgian Portugal it was like oh my goodness you know how how much when you see four or five minutes of extra time you're like oh right okay then we get excited again but I like the idea of only having maybe a minute of extra time rather than having matches where you've got a long duration of extra time personally
0: and I I, Mike I don't know what you think but I kind of I think it's been handled a little bit more swiftly than it is in the Premier League I'm absolutely with you in terms of the the offside thing I mean that's not necessarily a VAR thing that's more to do with the offside rule I very much grew up in an era where if you're level you're onside and the reason I think that's better is because it favours the attacking player so I don't think you should be pulling that stuff back. I think it's, and I know we've had this chat before and it should be for clear and obvious mistakes and it's not that and it's these marginal things. I, I looked at that on Arnautovic goal and for me, that looked like a goal.
1: Mm. He was gutted at the end. Did you see his, his reaction at the end of that match on Devastated. Yeah, it's, it's a bit hard to feel sorry for
0: him because he is a bit of a racist. But apart from that, <laughs> I thought Austria were excellent. But obviously he was banned for making some fairly unsavoury comments. But apart from that, I thought Austria were excellent and deserved, <laughs> and deserved to go through. Shall I just reverse away from that, do you think? <laughs> beep, beep. But Hannah, Belgium beat Portugal. Yes. Obviously, this weekend as well. It was, it was billed as a heavyweight clash. It was a pretty dire game, particularly in the first half. Second half was a little bit better, but it might be something of a Pyrrhic victory, which refers to the Greek general Pyrrhus. Um, who? Here we uh, go.
1: <laughs> Here we go
0: again. Buckle up, kids, because it's history time. (laughs) Pyrrhus was a Greek general who I believe. Oh my god, we're
1: genuinely going there. You're genuinely doing this. Okay, go. Like you, you look surprised that we're (laughs) asking it. Okay, go. It's
0: not not a football podcast. (laughs) This this is a Joe's Boring History podcast. So Pyrrhus was a Greek general who uh, fought the Romans when they initially were expanding throughout Hmm. the uh, Italian peninsula. And despite beating the Romans in battle, his forces were so severely depleted that he was actually unable to continue the campaign. Therefore, the term, a term, therefore, the term, a Pyrrhic victory means to win, but it costs you so much that ultimately you lose. So, what I'm getting at here is that Belgium have lost Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne, but beat Portugal. So while they beat Portugal, it could ultimately mean they lose the tournament. Boom. Who likes history, kids?
1: <laughs> I mean, that was great. But they did, they did come on at the end, didn't they, to celebrate, which would indicate that they came on to, to pitch at the end, didn't they? So that would indicate that maybe they're OK. So. Where, where yep. were you going with that? I then mean, I wouldn't we... have had a
0: chance to do my history bits. <laughs> okay? That didn't fit into my narrative.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, De Bruyne, Lukaku and Hazard, just the three unbelievable players. Um, amazing. I just love watching them play football. So I thought the the goal from Torg and Hazard, people weren't expecting that. You would have thought more of that from from his brother. So I think it was quite nice that he got the, uh, the limelight for that as well.
0: Mike, I have been keen to attack Belgium for their incredibly ancient defence. But I actually thought the three old boys, including, here's one for you, ask your parents, kids, Thomas Vermaelen, who I, 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 can't, I, I remember him being old 15 years ago, but it was such an ancient defence. I actually thought they played very well last night.
2: Yeah, I know. It's, do you want to um, get Gander where he's playing now, Joe? Do you, do you know that? Oh, he's, he's playing
0: in Japan.
2: Yeah, he's playing in yeah, Japan.
0: Is it? It's not Gamba Osaka, is it? It's Co- Kobe.
2: It is. Yeah, yeah, Kobe. I guess Vissel Kobe. I, I, I would have called it, but yeah, you put me off there. You asked me. No, no, it's just, it's just the way you pronounce it. You pronounce it like the basketball player. I've I've never heard it called Kobe before. But fair play, Kobe,
0: Kobe, Kobe where the beef comes from.
2: I don't, unless I've been pronouncing it wrong my whole life. Yeah, I, I guess.
0: Let's have a look. Let's have a look. The Marlin. Google search it.
2: No, it is. It is Vissel Kobe or Kobe.
0: Yeah, Vissel Kobe. Yeah, Vissel Kobe. Oh, okay. All right, uh, yeah. as, in, as in, I ordered the Kobe beef like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there
2: you go. <laughs>
0: <He knows> I, <laughs> there you, go. I, you put me on the spot and then he got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like I'm in a pub talking to some drunk friends.
0: <laughs> it is, yeah. What's
1: oh, drop a, drop a Google on it. I don't know. Google it. Yeah, wait a minute. That's what's yeah. going on right now.
0: It is a bit one flew over the cuckoo's nest,
2: this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> rambling on to each other. But yeah, very much. Very much retired. That we're or...
1: rambling on to each other, or that he's retired.
0: He's very much, very, he's very much retired. <laughs> oh, this is going on Instagram. <laughs> um, Oh, One thing that I did enjoy about the Belgian game, Hannah, and I've been enjoying this for sort of fifteen years. It makes I, me it makes me nervous when
1: you address me as Hannah. I feel Hannah. like I don't know what's coming next.
0: Excuse me, Hannah. I'm trying <laughs> to podcast. Okay, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to be professional. let's <laughs> um, pinch my own nipples. Then um, I, I really. Uh, so did I. 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 <laughs> when, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it's lucky this isn't live streamed.
0: When. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. When Pepe essentially assaulted Torgen Hazard, mm-hmm. oh. I've been I've been enjoying him punching and elbowing and kicking people and then denying it for fifteen years. I love <sighs> a horrible, horrible cheat in football. And he's 38 years old now, so it's probably the last one we're gonna see him at.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think this With few- amazing eyebrows. With amazing eyebrows.
0: And I think with the current sort of snowflake generation that we live in. Oh, no, nobody likes to see vicious assaults. And look, we all like to see that. And yeah. I think Pepe will be missed if it's the last tournament we see him at, Hannah.
1: I, well, I think he probably will. He's obviously a lot of experience, but um, a lot of aggression and passion. I think there's a fine line between aggression and passion. Uh, and he's got the package. And like I say, it's, it's the, the eyebrow. <laughs> he has got the package, Very nice yeah. package. And And really good eyebrows. So... Yeah. I'd marry
0: him tomorrow. You like a bit bit of brutality on the football pitch, don't you?
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you, Joe, did you enjoy when um, Sergio Ramos did Salah in the Champions League final? So Sergio Ramos
0: is one of my favourite players of all time. Sergio Ramos is the most red carded player in the history of football. And he plays in a league where you are statistically half as likely to receive a red card. So you can double the amount of red cards he's received. As of 2020, I don't know what the stat is now because I remember doing this on a podcast about a year ago. He had received 250 yellow cards. (laughs) So he must have, I worked out that he must have missed about, four seasons worth of football by being banned. <laughs> <laughs> he's and he's he's a thug. And I love that because he's a thug who's won everything. In that Absolutely. first five minutes of the Champions League final a few years ago where he dislocated Mo Salah's collarbone. I know he wasn't trying to dislocate his collarbone or anything, but he was essentially Maybe told, he
1: was. Maybe he yeah. was. That was the intention.
0: <laughs> he was basically told by Zidane you know, Salah, he's good. Sergio, you know what to do. And he's there kind of clawing at the ground like a bull. and just went out and maimed him in the opening few minutes. And I, for one, love that sort of footballer. And I think it's sad that they're, they're a dying breed. But Hannah, it could be the end for Cristiano, although I sort of don't want to say that because the World Cup's only in 18 months.
1: No, I know. And I felt a bit gutted for him, actually, because, you know, it levelled on the uh, the the goals. And I, I thought it would be great for him to maybe get a couple more, make history a little bit more. And, I, you know, I, I felt really sorry for him. Um, he was obviously very frustrated, clearly. But I, I hope he doesn't. Um, I hope he comes back and, and that's not
0: it for him. Yeah, I sort of don't. I kind of. <laughs> you got your hand up, Mike.
2: Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to in- interject about this record because I, I had a look at, um, at Ali Day's international goals. It is an yeah. absolute farce. Like Why? most of the time they played like the Maldives and Iran would win like 17-0 and Ali Day would score like five goals and that's being counted up against Ronaldo's played in like World Cups and European kidding? Championships. It's like unbelievable. So I think that the fact that he's even, you know, yeah, like going to have to wait now to to break that record is a joke. Mike, do you think he will play at the next World Cup
0: and he will break it?
2: Absolutely. I yeah. think he's he's a sort of player that will play till he's about forty-two. I just think he's I bet he's, he's, he's condition. Forty-two. <laughs> yeah, about 42, forty-two in
1: three months. I think actually. <laughs>
0: so specific.
2: But he's just the, he's just a monster. Hasn't is he got like like one percent body fat or something like that? That is oh no! I think you die. Com- <laughs> that is that is completely. That is <laughs> that is factually correct. I'll have you
1: He has zero <laughs> body fat, actually.
2: But yeah, he's just he's, he's essentially a, a football robot. So I think he will just go on playing forever. I mean, I don't think he'll be very good at that age. And he is sort of wilting away now a little bit. Like he's not been as, as good as he has been.
1: Well, he will be if he's got no body fat. <laughs> he will be wilting. <laughs>
2: I think, I think he still looks great.
0: He doesn't look tired to me. He plays like a 30-year-old.
1: I mean, what do you think he'll do post-football? What would he do? I mean, it's been his whole life, obviously. Do you Model. Think you think, could you see him going into coaching or management? What do you think he would do? Mm,
0: serial killer. He's quite, I mean, he's quite an intense character, isn't he? Can I just say, in the interest of sort of libel, I'm not saying Cristiano Ronaldo is a serial killer. That was a joke. Cristiano, I like you and I'm appreciative of your career and I'm very sorry and it won't happen again. There we go. You feel better now, Hannah.
1: Yeah. I feel safer.
0: Um, we've been a bit scattergun in our approach to uh, facts in this episode. But I, but, but I have actually got some facts for you guys because it's time for Eric Dyer's vegetable patch. Today on Eric Dyer's vegetable patch, Mike, you're going to like this. It's André Arshavin. Remember him?
2: Yeah, I'm holding up four fingers right now. You can't see, but...
0: Yeah, he scored four goals in that game against Liverpool. I can't remember him doing anything else ever. He was quite a good... No, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, he was very silky. He had a really weird haircut, which I didn't like. But apart from that, he was a decent little footballer, yeah. Well, I'm glad you
0: mentioned Silky Mike, because actually, he has another life as a fashion designer.
2: Yeah. Ah!
0: Seamless. (laughs) <laughs> he studied fashion design at university and apparently designs clothes himself he has first-hand knowledge of fashion design so now owns his own clothing line where he designs the clothes apparently initially he wanted to be a chemical technologist no that can't be right initially <laughs>
1: We're going to give you. We're going to give you some real facts on the podcast today. Hold on, that's not right. That's not even a fact. Oh, you're getting hot under the collar there, Joe.
0: Also, I just misread the words. So initially, you didn't get that he, one. He enrolled to study chemical technology at university, but apparently, changed his field of interest when he realised how many hot chicks. Did fashion design. So if that doesn't sound like a fact, I don't know what does.
1: We're bringing you real factual stuff for the Euros here.
0: <laughs> oh, even, even for this podcast, this has been total rubbish. <laughs> it's been absolute nonsense from start to finish. Right. Okay. That's Eric Dye's vegetable patch. Obviously, the big game on Tuesday England, Germany, Hannah. What does your gut tell you?
1: Well, I said it in the last podcast. Um, I'm hesitant to say this is going to be easy. I think Germany is going to surprise a lot of people, a lot of people being England. I'm not saying they're going to thrash us, um, but... I, I'm, I'm thinking Germany's going to come out all guns blazing and I just don't want to underestimate them as a team. Um, I'm very excited to watch England. I've told everyone they can finish work a little bit earlier tomorrow. We're going to get beers and, and pizza in and get excited. But I just have a feeling Germany are, are going to pip us. I've said it. Oh,
0: I'm, no. so, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry I've said it.
0: Incorrect. Prove me, like me wrong, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Would you like to tell us why England are going to win?
2: I think Germany are rubbish and England will win by a big margin. Brilliant.
1: <laughs> so, so go. British. So British, <laughs> aren't we?
0: Let's talk about that formation, though, Hannah. Do we think there's a lot of chat that Phil Foden's going to be dropped and Bukayo Saka might be starting, obviously, underneath? Which Mike,
1: Mike would definitely like to see, I think. Would love. Yes. He'd love absolutely it. love
0: it. Bukayo Saka playing with Sterling and Kane and then a midfield three of. Mount Henderson and Rice. Does that do it for you? Does that warm your cockles?
1: It always oh, does warm my cockles, Joe. Um, as long as Harry Kane stays where he oh, should be staying, he's gonna keep banging the
2: drum.
1: <laughs> I'm still going to keep banging the drum. I want him to be. Fe- I want them to feed the ball, and you need to feed Kane.
2: He's still not scored, Hannah.
1: Yeah, that's because we're not feeding the ball to him, and he's going too far, too far from from the goal. In my opinion, he needs to, he needs to be forward, and we need he needs- to get Gareth
2: on the show. Honestly. And Hannah needs to tell him this before tomorrow's game.
1: Yeah, he I? Only, I'd only have him on the podcast if he's wearing a sexy waistcoat. Do you know
0: what I mean? Mike, you're a professional radio and podcast producer. You must have his contact Am details I? somewhere.
2: Did <laughs> I just say that Ronaldo had 1% body fat? <laughs> you might <laughs> want to rain check that.
0: Look, today is not an episode that we would perhaps attach to any job application because you've not covered yourself in glory. But <laughs> I've seen you do good work, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: Many many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you're I think I think Saka has to play. I've, I'm I'm not sure where Joe has seen it, but I've actually read that that Saka was gonna was gonna be dropped and Foden was was gonna come back in and Mount was in contention even though he's been isolated for ten days and not been able to train with the team. I'm not sure about that. He
0: Loves Mason Mount though, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But surely if he's not like train with the team, he's not trained with Gareth and. Like He'll be able to train tomorrow morning, I guess, if if they're going to do a big training session. I'm not sure if they do that for a game. But um, yeah, I mean, Mason Mount, like teacher's pet, even if he was you know, a very, very naughty boy, I think he'd still play. He just can do nothing wrong.
1: And would you see that as an issue um, for players that have had to isolate and not play and, and train with their team for, for, say, 10 days? I mean, international level, they're probably used to that anyway, aren't they? Do you think that that's a hindrance?
2: Yeah, I think so, because... There's a lot of tactical setup going into that game. If if we're giving Gareth credit for for that sort of stuff, I don't know what he does in these in his time on the I
1: pitch.
2: Don't but, um, don't start slagging Gareth off. No, I'm not. I'm not. You too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But you you pay yeah. in the No, 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 no. I'm just I'm, I'm just joking. I think it's just quite funny to to imagine him as a PE teacher. That's all. It's not it's not actual serious serious act he's not like Tim Sherwood, Joe, is he? Like he's a bit a bit more professional, slightly.
0: I loved Tim, mate. I loved Tim. Do you know what? Just it was party football down White Hart Lane when Tim was there. Also, <laughs> actually, if you are a Tottenham fan, looks like Nuno's gone to Fenerbahce. So that's, a, that's
2: another one. <laughs> that's another Tim one off the list. Oh, Joe, why don't you bring that um, up? So that's un- that's un- Genaro, Gattuso, Lopetegui, Conte, Poch. Anyone else I'm missing?
0: Paulo Fonseca. Yeah, and you're also missing. Uh, I can't remember his. What's his name? The Barcelona manager. Potter. Um, from a few, no, not him. The Barcelona manager from a few years ago, whose name temporarily escapes me.
1: We're bringing you and, real facts tonight on this podcast. And,
0: <laughs> and Nuno. So that's seven coaches that Tottenham have approached, and it's been a no. I'm and the, the
1: question I'm going to ask you is, why do you think that is?
0: Because Daniel Levy's a pain, and because it's obviously a club in freefall. There's no people don't know whether. The best player is going to be there next season, whether the second best player being Sun is going to be there next season. And it's it's to be honest with you, it's completely shambolic. Daniel Levy said he wants a player who uh, he wants a manager who identifies with the DNA of Spurs, i.e. playing attacking football, and then approached Nuno, who famously plays defensive football. It's it's a total It was a no-no
1: from Nuno. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, (laughs) yes. It was, yeah. Oh dear! I think, but also, just I think just seems so many managers turn it down, Joe. As well, surely you're like you know, six, seven good managers have said no. Why would you suddenly be like, oh, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to go there now.
1: How how does that make you feel, Joe, about the team that you really love that it's nobody fine. wants to Mike's, manage them?
0: Mike's entitled to his opinion. Look, Mike, I I better let you go because you want to go and watch Love Island, don't you?
2: <laughs> yes, I do.
0: <laughs> what is Love Island, by the way? I don't know if they have it in America, so Mike. What is Love Island, just for people in the states?
2: Um, Love Island is a show where um, 20 sexy people go um, onto an island and they match up with each other and the goal is to be as fake as possible, essentially, to to, to win people over, get votes and uh, be declared winner of Love Island, which gets you quite a lot of money, actually, um, and a massive Instagram following and even more money from that. That's what it is.
0: And more importantly, it'll get you a sh- it'll get you a short-lived career in broadcasting, in which you will <laughs> inevitably end up on a show with me and Hannah. At some <laughs> which, which is oh,
1: uh, I'll choose not to.
0: I was going to say that's when that's when you know the uh, brief flame of fame and popularity is burning out. When you very much, I'd <laughs> say, you meet us on the way down. The way down. <laughs> <You're> rock bottom. <laughs> have
2: you have you interviewed any Love Islanders, Joe?
0: Loads, mate. They they're always putting ah. them on shows with me loads i also had to media train a couple of them because in a former life i used to be a media trainer because <laughs> i'd been fired from a tv job and i got given nathan and Kara. are they
2: oh i nathan. quite like nathan and cara
0: well, i'll put you in touch mate because they're not working are they <laughs> so i'm sure we could get them on the show mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for a no fee
0: literally no fee <laughs> I
1: don't know what's going on it's
0: total shambles. <laughs> right okay just to remind you on Monday night Croatia are out Spain are through 5-3 winners after extra time we, we're we recording during the France-Switzerland game so I'll probably just ignore that England facing Germany on Tuesday 29th and Sweden facing Ukraine as well quarterfinals that we know about so far Belgium are going to play Italy Czech Republic are going to play Denmark we'll be back on Thursday with more facts hot off the press and there's just time to <laughs> to say make sure you do send us your pictures for the rose ed fans calendar it's rose ed pod on instagram or rose ed soccer on twitter hannah have you had a nice time
1: <laughs> i've had a lovely time i don't know what's happened for the last half hour but i, I hope people have enjoyed it and uh, yeah fantastic
0: uh, mike you're gonna should we go away and have a think about what we've done <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go sit in a dark corner
1: now watch love island <laughs> that'll show uh, you what mike
0: right thank you for listening and we'll see you next time
1: Bye.